What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 20. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside he only does everything. Colin. There's no time for any of this. We gotta get Moriarty. right into the PlayStation News, Greg. Why? What's happening? What's because that? people have been complaining that they're oh, dead. God. Oh, God. Let's go. There are eight items on the list. Today's topic of the show Where's is brought my to mouse? you by... Oh, my God. Oh, no. What do we do? Every episode Number ends one, is Mighty issue. Nine. Hey. How you doing, Colin? <laughs> I'm fine. That was good. That was a funny bit. Did Look you like you. that? Yeah. You gotta get your water now, though. Probably over there. Tucked away. Oh, God. How you doing? I'm alright. How are you? Good. You were gone. We I haven't was. talked. No. You're back though. I am. As I was saying, I knew you were lonely this weekend. It was, again, I think you're miss. I was lonely, sure, but I think you're misinterpreting. I just texted. I wasn't uh, texting. You were lonely. When are you coming home? I want to see you. I was texting. When are you coming home? I want to make sure the house cleaned up and stuff. Why? What were you doing? That you cooking? Clean the house? Hanging out? Playing Lego Marvel Avengers? Chilling? I just never hear from you like that in that capacity. I know we should. Well, I'm trying to. I definitely you know, took note of it. We're trying to become better friends. I'm just trying to help you out there. I'd like to become less good friends. It's with impossible. You. We can't. <laughs> or like peanut butter and jelly, just slammed up against each other. Our oozes are in each other's orifices. Yeah. There's no way around I love it. Oozing in orifices. There's yeah. no way to stop it now. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you aren't, I am. Everywhere I am, you are. Sure. I guess. I'm I in don't... your pores. You're in my pores. <sighs> Let's just get this over with. There isn't a hole in the body. <laughs> One of us. Now. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this. It's P.S. I love you, XOXO. It's the PlayStation podcast we do here on KindOfFunny.com. It is the number one PlayStation podcast in the world. It is a PlayStation podcast we post for you each and every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames and podcast services around the world. Please like the videos, share them with your friends. If you're listening to MP3s, go to wherever you got it from and rate us there. It helps us out. It helps other people find the show. It's great. Uh, Also, three pieces of housekeeping today. You better be quick. You better be real fucking quick. They're still happy. They're just, you know, you can't talk about your food. That's when they get mad. We're recording it at a decent hour real quick. What are you making for dinner tonight? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I haven't really thought about it. Do you even know? No. I was going to go to the grocery store today, but just didn't really feel like it. Yeah. Eric Cash will stay with us tomorrow. We're going out to dinner then. So it's yeah. like, I just don't want to buy. Yeah, no, it's going to go back. Yeah, I'll go on Wednesday and, sure, sure, and sure, take, sure. you know, buy groceries at that point. Okay. That's all right. Housekeeping items. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, the 26th, the day it comes out, there are two things happening. Number one, Colin and I are doing a Reddit AMA over on reddit.com slash r slash PS4. So the PlayStation 4 Reddit over there uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. So you might have a chance to go to get us there and hang out. Also, over on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames at 3 o'clock. We're starting the great big giveaway stream. We're going through all these codes we have, giving them away as we promote. Uh, Patreon.com slash kindoffunny in the animated series leading into Sunday's huge stream on the 31st, where we will be streaming again for 12 hours, noon to midnight, Sunday the 31st, over on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. So plenty of ways to connect and hang out with us this week. Colin. Yes. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's report. Time for some singular possessive news. Took way too long to get into this. There's eight items on the list. The one, the jab that hurts the most is when I heard through the grapevine yeah. that David Jaffe thinks it takes us too long. I listened to his little thing uh, that he did, he did a periscope did with uh, Ryan Quince. Mm-hmm. So it was taking taking too long. So you're taking too long. Sorry, David Jaffe. You got places to be, Jaffe. You're in your car driving around San Diego, thinking of fucked up shit to put in your video games. I think us talking about our wings is worth it. I think you got plenty of time to listen yeah, to all of it. It's true. David Jaffe. That's just my opinion, though. I agree. What do I actually know about we David Jaffe's life? We don't know anything about David Jaffe's life or what video game development. Literally or know nothing nope, about no his No idea. Life. So it could go one way or the other, I guess. Let me just click out of this. I don't need this email anymore. 
Good, I'm glad. Get rid Number of Number one. Like the email earlier, you swore you didn't have, but then you had I definitely didn't ever got an email. Are you talking about the thing I was talking yeah. about, Nick? Yeah. No email. I'm telling you, there's nothing. He says you're on it. You can call Nick I'm a gonna liar? Go to my, I'm going to go to my trash. No, I don't even remember the name. There's no, the I, I'm telling you, I didn't get that email. I'm okay. telling you he's wrong. Okay. There's nothing here. Okay. There's okay. nothing here that could have possibly been lost or gained from me pretending like I don't have that email. You know what I mean? You're just big it just on makes it. my just, life. You delete a lot of emails real quick. I delete everything I possibly can from yeah, my email box. Yeah, but you delete them. I only have 54 emails in my inbox. Yeah, but then right you, now. but you never. You're always like, I didn't get that, and then I forward you the thing I clearly sent you. <laughs> but at the time, I probably didn't. Probably really at the like time, you it. didn't think you needed it. It wasn't. Sure. Why would you need flight information? I don't. I mean, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make is I don't need the flight information. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. I've been on an airplane 14 times in five weeks. I know. You it did was, that to yourself. When's your next trip? I don't have one. Good. Number one. Mighty number nine has been delayed yet again. KG and Afune released the following statement on the game's Kickstarter page to apologize for the delay and explain why it happened. Here's what he had to say. So stay with me here for a minute. I'm going to lay in. To the fans eagerly awaiting the release of Mighty number nine. Unfortunately, we have an announcement that will be very disappointing to all of you. In preparation for the February release of Mighty Number no. 9, we have been working hard with our partners to resolve any network issues and porting work necessary to publish Mighty Number no. 9 on the various platforms. However, the issues relating to the network modes were more critical than expected, and it has become apparent that we will need to delay, to delay the game from its February 9th release date. We have been working up until the very last moment to resolve these issues in order to make the February release, but it has become clear that we no longer have enough time to fix the issues and have everything prepared for release this, uh, the reason for the delay is rooted in bugs inside the network modes and specifically problems with matchmaking. There are two large reasons for this problem, one of them being the large number of platforms supported. The solution for each platform is slightly different. I think there's like nine platforms or something. And the other stems from the fact that the engine we are using is no longer being updated. Great. Which means adjustments for matchmaking and online code are being made manually, actually reprogramming parts of the engine by the dev team themselves. Unfortunately, this is all a result of miscalculations on the part of us, the development staff, as a result, our fans who have been looking forward to Mighty Number no. 9 have been forced to wait for over a half a year longer than expected, and for that, we are sincerely sorry. I want to take this chance to apologize personally and on behalf of the development staff. Over the end of the year break and the beginning of 2016, the development staff has been working on these issues nonstop without break, and thanks to their hard work, the end is in sight. We continue to make progress to resolve these last issues that have been holding up the release of the game on the different platforms. Because we are constantly working on it in cooperation with all of our partners, we want to wait and make sure that everything is confirmed to be ready before giving a new specific release date, but we expect it to realistically be in spring 2016. For this third delay of the game, we have no excuses for disappointing our fans, and especially our backers once more. We want to take the chance to express our sincerest apologies to everyone who has looked forward to the release. Although we are far past the original release date, the release of Mighty Number no. 9 is still right around the corner. We all are all working hard to make sure that we can finish and release the game to all of our fans as quickly as possible. And ask once more for your support on this project that we have created together over these past few years. Signed, KG Inafune. Hattie Hawa writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSM just like you can to be part of the show. No, PSQ, just like you can to be part of the show. Cues for questions and for music. Stupid Greg. Hey, Colin and Greg. So I just woke up to the news that Mighty Number Number 9 is delayed again. Third time it's delayed, I believe. I would like to hear your thoughts on this matter. I think it is ridiculous how long this game is taking, considering how much money it got and how Inafune is leading this game. Thank you for all the work you do. This is a bullshit Kickstarter game delay. Shout out to the Great White North Canada. P.S. Ba. Bahikak. Bahibak. I love you in Arabic. Cheers, guys. Hadi Hawa. 
Now, Colin, mm-hmm. you love Inafune. I do. You've been ready for this game for a while. I feel like I've been ready for it for literally two years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walk me through your emotional status this morning. You wake up, you pull the sleep from your eyes. You look it's not surprising. When I saw it, I was like, well, really? Yeah. I'm like, well, why, why not? You know, <laughs> why wouldn't it be delayed? Again? Of course. Um, well, like I said on Colin and Greg Live, and we'll talk about this, but then I want to go through with my, my resolve here. Oh, right. We're right, never right. talking about my number nine on the show ever again until it's out. Because there's two reasons for that. Number one is I want to remain as objective as possible about this game. I obviously love Inafune. I know him, you know, and I know how hard they work. And uh, I know that everyone knows that Mega Man is my favorite thing. I mean, Inafune is my favorite developer of all time. So it's hard. For, I'm not mad at him personally. I'm sure that there's se- se- severe problems. But this game has been clearly mismanaged. And um, I don't know about you, but I know when I think about my old school Mega Man inspired games, what I'm always wondering is, On is the matchmaking going to work? Line play. And if I were them two delays ago, I would have been like, we're just releasing the game now. And we'll patch it in later. And It'll we'll be patch a big it in later if we have to. Yeah, yeah. But now they're, they're, doing, they're not patching the game for obvious reasons. You can't patch games for free. Sending things through cert and all that, it costs money and it's going to cost them money to patch the game. And I'm sure that they're going to um, want to patch the game for other reasons, but this is not conducive to them patching. They might have a plan, a, a post-release plan that's going to cost them X amount of money. If they do that, you know, you can't just go to Sony and be like, well, we're patching the game now. You, that's not how it works. So um, I think that that's part of it. I think that they're like, we have to release the game as one because it's just going to ultimately be cheaper for us and easier for us to do that. Um, but I just feel like this is just insane. And of course it happens to a game that I care about. Of like course. I really care about, of course. And it's, it's, it's a game you really care about and it keeps getting delayed and it's getting delayed for the you know bane of your that's existence the, that's online. The, that's the reason. It's not like, oh, we have to fix blah, blah, blah. It's like the, ga- the game's two of the three delays have been due to online yeah. functionality of a Mega Man game, basically. And I just don't give a fuck. And as I tweeted out today and got a lot of retweets and a lot of traction with it, no one, no one cares about this shit. The matchmaking and the online, no one. Who the fuck cares? Do you even know what, is it competitive? Is that what the deal is? Is it cooperative? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if anyone knows because I don't think anyone cares. That's not why we play these games. For God's sake, that's not why we play the games. They're using, I think, Unreal Engine 3, which is not even supported anymore. Yep. So they have to now go in manually and fix all these things on like nine, eight SKUs, whatever the fuck, how many SKUs. I, I, God knows how many, why we have to have that many SKUs of a game. Money. Um, and uh, it's just it's just all around frustrating. Someone needs to take this by the reins. Like someone should have taken this by the reins a long time ago. I mean, like we're, we need to fix this problem. We're releasing the game regardless of what it costs because it makes everyone look bad. It makes the publisher look bad. It makes Inafune look bad. Concept any creates, which is a very good developer that clearly is in way over its head. Um, with these games yeah um, not because they can't develop a game like this they develop Mega Man 9 and 10 they do Gunvolt which these are great games is that they have so many skews and they're balancing them all and it's it's clearly impossible for them to do it so um, my number nine will receive no more talk on this show until it's out as of now number two PS4 and PC exclusive Street Fighter 5 is fast approaching its release date and with that comes two new pieces of consequential news for starters, Street Fighter V will receive a robust update revolving around story. The game's executive producer, Yoshinori Ono, told GameSpot, quote, We have two approaches that we're actually taking. First and foremost, there are the character stories, which are really serving as a prologue in terms of getting people up to speed with what's happening in Street Fighter V. And it's very similar to what you see in other Street Fighter titles. It has still screenshots, conversations, and banter between characters. This is not going to be typical illustrations. 
and you're talking about this, the update. Mm -hmm. This is going to have in-game models. Everything will happen in real time, and it's also going to have an hour plus of cinematic content. To be very clear, we're going to give the story expansion out for free. So anybody who has purchased the disc and has the game will be getting this content for free via an update in June. End quote. Additionally, one final beta for the game will run from January 30th until January 31st, if you want to give the game one last go before it launches. Gotcha. So one last beta before it comes out in February. One more beta. Number three. At PSX 2015, Naughty Dog showed off the dialogue options in Uncharted 4 at Thief's End, which was a first for the studio. However, players were wondering just how oft used these options would be in the game. Neil Druckmann and his team noted that they wouldn't be common. And Druckmann reiterated as much to Eurogamer in a recent interview. Here's what he said, quote, The thing I want to make sure we're clear about is that we're not making Mass Effect. Uncharted has a very specific story. It has a very specific ending that's very definitive to the franchise. But every once in a while, we felt that a dialogue tree would really bring you more into the scene end quote so good continue to temper your expectations on i'm that. glad that he continues to say it he did say that at psx they were very clear about it but if you know how it is that you don't say it then somebody's going to get their expectations they're going to run away with it sure here they are get out there in front of the message mm -hmm. i'm neil druckman i look like vandal savage on dc legends and tomorrow this is what it's going to be number four valkyria chronicles remastered is officially coming west the PlayStation 4 exclusive tactical RPG is essentially a port of the PS3 and PS, uh, PC exclusive game that first came to PlayStation 3 in 2008. There will be minor tweaks, however, including running in 1080p at 60 frames per second and finally full trophy support. Oh. Look for it this spring. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait, Colin. I know you're excited about that one. Are you, are, are, where, is, where is your excitement level? I'm excited. I'll play it. I mean, I'm not like, oh, you know, there's games that are coming out before then that I care about. So well, how could you care about anything more than Welkin and Alicia? And what's happening? I'm excited. That. I need a good tactical RPG. Good. You know, that's why good. I'm still playing Banner Saga very slowly. Um, still enjoying it, though? I am. It's, you know, the, the game's a lot of fun. It's scratching some of the itches, but not all the itches. Sure. I have because it's not, it's very similar to Fire Emblem in that it's not scratching all the itches that a proper AAA tier Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Ogre game does in terms of its depth and classes and customization and all that. These games do not have gotcha. that at all. Um, so, like, ta uh, Banner Saga is very. It's hard, but it's very um, basic as well. Okay. I like the idea of duality in terms of attacking the armor and attacking the the strength, which is also the defense and your hit points, or whatever. So like, there's like this: you lower the armor and you feel like you're getting nothing done, but then like when you finally start attacking the enemy, he takes more damage. But if you start whittling down his hit points, it also whittles down his strength. It's kind of a clever little thing, but like you can't equip them with really weapons or armor or anything like that. You can't change their classes. So you're not getting the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, exactly. You Very really only level, level up by using these points that are gained prestige or whatever. It's just, I don't remember what the fuck's called. Through, uh, but you like only level up really by, or trigger leveling up by killing enemies. So like your weaker guys, like your archers and stuff, don't really kill that many people. Like your big buff tanks get in there and do a lot of the damage. So they're like way higher level. That's like, it's an, a game that's I think somewhat easy to break if you want to just continue to spam the same guys, but because of the story nature of the game, removing characters from your party completely, you can't really depend on anyone. Someone someone uh, described it as like very Oregon Trail meets Final Fantasy Tactics, which I think is true in the mm. sense that um, you're just going along trail, you have to feed your guys, you run into random shit that's happening, you can like avoid it or try to like work around it, but there's like all these opportunity costs for doing things. Um, but it's good. Cool. It's very good. I still recommend it. Number five. The top-selling digital games on the PlayStation Network have been revealed for December of 2015. You did it, folks. On PS4, the top 10 best-selling games are in order. Star Wars Battlefront, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Final Fantasy 7, Grand Theft Auto 5, Rainbow Six Siege, Need for Speed, Minecraft, Rocket League, Little Big Planet 3, and Madden NFL 16. 
the top 10 best-selling PS3 games are in order. Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto 5, The Last of Us, Yakuza 5, Little Big Planet 3, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, Minecraft Story Mode Episode 1, Battlefield 4, and FIFA 16. The top 10 best-selling games on Vita were Bastion, Minecraft, Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth 2, or Sheikah Tainted Bloodlines, Nuclear Throne, Tales of Hearts R, Sword Art Online, Hollow Fragment, The Legends of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, Taco Master, and Duke Nukem 3D Megaton Edition. You did it. The top 10 best-selling PS classics were Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Dark Cloud, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Rogue Galaxy, Twisted Metal Black, War of the Monsters, Parappa the Rapper 2, Grand Theft Auto 3, Suicoden 2, or Suikoden 2, and The Misadventures of Tron Bomb. Call of Duty DLC dominated the DLC charts for both PS3 and PS4, and you'll notice that all of those classics are PS2 games except for two of them. Mm. Um, they did it. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Not that impressed. Number nine. Not that impressed. Yeah, I thought it would be higher. Mm. I thought it would be higher for sure. Not very impressed. Under, underestimating how many people are buying Vita games. Or overestimating your own power. No, I'm saying no. I'm going based on the number of tweets and Facebook messages and you know all this crap I got and messages of this podcast. People saying they bought Taco Master. I was like, holy shit! Like hundreds of people are buying Taco Master. How many people are buying? one Vita game in that kind of numbers and clearly eight other games are like fuck that but good job getting Taco Master on the charts number six Sony also released the best selling digital games on the PlayStation Network for the entirety of 2015 so let's get into that okay the top 20 best selling PS4 games in order were on digital platforms Call of Duty Black Ops 3 Grand Theft Auto 5 Minecraft Star Wars Battlefront Fallout 4 Destiny The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Mortal Kombat X wow. The Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited, Bloodborne, Dying Light, FIFA 16, Battlefield Hardline, Madden NFL 16, Rocket League, Battlefield 4, Batman Arkham Knight, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, Resident Evil Remake HD, and Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Those are the top 20 best-selling digital games on PSN for 2015. The top 20 best-selling PS3 games were in order. Minecraft, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Grand Theft Auto 5, Mortal Kombat Arcade Collection, Destiny, Resident Evil Remake HD, Battlefield 4, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, the Last of Us, Mortal Kombat, Batman, Arkham Origins, Terraria, Resident Evil 4, Mass Effect Trilogy, uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX+, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, Okami HD, Gran Turismo 6, and Castle Crashers. Castle Crashers, hanging on. The top 10 best-selling Vita games were Sword Art Online, Hollow Fragment, Minecraft, Gravity Rush, Freedom Wars, Soul Sacrifice Delta, Persona 4 Golden, Dragon Ball Z Battle of Z, Little Big Planet. Mortal Kombat, and The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. And the top 10 best-selling PS classics were Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, Mega Man X4, Mega Man X5, Final Fantasy VII, Breath of Fire 4, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Katamari Damacy, Twisted Metal Black, Suikoden uh, 2, I used to call it Suikoden when I was a kid, so I really have to get over that, and Final Fantasy IX. Call of Duty and Destiny dominated the DLC charts for both PS3 and PS4. As you'd expect. Now here's a question, based on that question. Within a question. Question. It wasn't really a question. It was a comment to be. The Monster Maniac wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. And this one stems from you talking about Mass Effect charting well on PS3. Right? The Mm -hmm. Mass Effect collection Mm -hmm. over there. Mm -hmm. The Monster Maniac says, hey guys. Summer before last, I played through the entire Mass Effect trilogy for the first time in the span of a few weeks. It was awesome and kind of sad. I love them all, especially Mass Effect 3. Sue me. But... Believing a remastered trilogy for new-gen hardware was imminent, I decided to wait on buying the DLC. 
My question is, do either of you think such a release will happen, or should I just take the plunge, return to the good old XMB, and resign myself to the blasted 720p in order to enjoy these extra Mass Effect gems? Your wisdom is much appreciated. Wyatt. Now here's something we've... We, it, this is one that seems like a no-brainer. And it seems like the Mass Effect collection for PS4, remastered, all that shit, would have happened by now. But then the industry shifted. All of a sudden, Xbox One backwards compatible mm. you can go play them there mm. peter moore talking about ea and what they're doing they're not in it for cash grabs they're not in it just to re-release these ga- any, it, games not the mass effect games but re-release games and try to make a quick buck however in drama out this fall what do you think's gonna happen is there gonna be a mass effect, mass effect collection? yeah i think there will be i fucking hope so um Xbox One's to Xbox 360 backwards compatibility matters, but it only matters like in terms of getting the games as they originally were mm-hmm. without the DLC. Um, and you're still gonna have to buy them. Yeah, it's not like you. So like, it's not like you just see. That's why I think you might be overstating this Xbox One. Thing. I was, just laying, out, I was effect, just laying out the shift. I mean, it, it makes sense what you're saying, but Xbox games don't sell nearly as well as PS4 games. First of all, so there is money to be made even if you just did it for PS4. Yeah. Although you wouldn't just do it for PS4. Um, but you still have to own Mass Effect 2 to download it on your Xbox One. So if you don't own it, then maybe you buy it on the new console or do you want to buy it on the old console? And if you have it already, wouldn't you just plug in your old console? It's really that big of a deal. So I, my my take is that they'll announce it at E3 and it'll be out like immediately. See, my um, concern is then we start we start getting on that slippery slope of I feel like then we're back to the Timmy Tommy situation with Fallout where I was so adamant that they weren't going to put out a Fallout collection because Fallout Fallout 4 is coming. So why scratch the itch you have for Fallout that close? I don't. I just don't see how if you release it in July, how when the game comes out in November, that that's too close. Like I just, I, don't, I think it's sixty I don't, bucks. I don't, 60 I don't bucks. agree. It doesn't have to be sixty bucks. You can do it for thirty bucks. Yep. You know what I mean? So I don't. I don't. You're right in terms of sixty dollars, but I still I don't agree with you that those things are too close to each other. Nor did I. I mean, I didn't agree with you at the time that Bethesda wouldn't do it either. It, it just was clear based on the way Bethesda treats its re-releases that it wasn't going to do anything. I mean, it did re-release, for instance. Um, uh, Elder Scrolls 4 on PS3 in like 2013 I think it didn't give it trophies yeah. so it like they don't seem to care in the same way as others and they don't need to I mean Fallout 3 Fallout is such a PC centric game in many ways anyway that it like lives in perpetuity on Steam I think that see here's the thing I, I like Peter Moore and I think he was absolutely telling us the truth and I think that's what he means but I actually think that the, the market imperative is on them to do it in the sense that why I, I would play them again if you just re- I own all three of them on disc right on um, PS3, but and I can if I really wanted to play them that badly, like I said, I can plug in my PlayStation and play them. But what if there was some sort of perk or special thing that was attached to the, that collection for Andromeda, or some way to even transport your save to an EA server that would then bring it back on your PS4 to do something with those games, give people a reason to play them again, give them some sort of reason to jump back in? I just think it would be stupid of them not to do it. Yeah, like truly stupid. But. You're right. I mean, the window's closing, but I don't think the window's closed. I think if they go come out at, e, at E3 and they're like, oh, it's available now. Digitally. $10 I mean, the big a game. thing would be, I think, is if... I, I think if they delay Mass Effect, which where I always talk... I think is the one of the ones I predicted, right? When we were, had a gun to our head recently about it. Like, if they delayed Mass Effect and then it got pushed out, then I think that's when you do have a reason to put it out in October or November. Now, granted, no matter what, you have to be working on this game right now. Get these remastered, get these three collections, you know, these three games put on one disc and put out there. But I think what I was talking about is I think it's Uncharted did it well. You know what I mean? In terms of here's the collection and then Uncharted 4 isn't happening for quite some time still. You know what I mean? You have time to miss it. I think that's a big part of it. If you put a collection out too close to the real game, you just don't miss it. You're like, well, I just played a Mass Effect. So now that I'm there on launch day, November, whatever, and I have Mass Effect and then there's also 
three other great games. I'm going to get one of those because I just played some Mass Effect. I'll get to Mass Effect in a little bit. I don't know. I think we'll have to see how it all shakes out. I think the timing is delicate on both ends. I don't think you want to release a collection too early either. And I don't think you want to telegraph sure. your intentions with the collection. Cause I don't care what Sony says to us ever like that. Team Eco collection was designed for the last, but Guardians it stokes my day. fire so well. And I, ever since then um, I've just been raging ready it, for the last. It Guardians. shows if you just extrapolate when they release Sly collection to Sly four and then God of war collection to God of war three, when that game was supposed to come out or when they thought yeah. it was going to come out. So there, it, it does have to be both ways. I just think that it would be mighty stupid of them not to, to release Mass Effect on the next-gen consoles. Now, yeah, it is available technically on Xbox One, but you want to make it available on PS4 as well. And you and want souped-up visuals and all this stuff in one sure. thing. And da, da, da. Yeah, I, I know. I'm with you. But you definitely want to touch, I mean, just in a very basic way, you definitely want to touch the bigger fan base. And, yeah. and ironically for them, it is no longer on Xbox, So, um, which is where they really made, you know, Mass Effect was not very big on PlayStation um, for, you know, for good reason. We had, you know, I had already played on Xbox 360, and so had you. Um, Mass Effect 3 was the only one I played for the first time on a P PlayStation system. I played the other two on Xbox. So. Did you platinum it? Uh, no. No. Number seven, speaking of Fallout. Could we get another standalone interstitial Fallout game like we did with in between Fallout 3 and Fallout 4? It's possible. Obsidian, the studio behind Fallout New Vegas, is interested in doing a similar treatment for Fallout 4, at least according to Eric Fen uh, Fenstermaker a writer and designer at the studio who was asked on Twitter if they'd be interested in working on a new Fallout game. He said this, quote, I'm always up for working on Fallout. I think most of us generally are. It's a really fun property to work with, end quote. So nothing much to work with there. But do you think that they're, that, that Obsidian would would do it again uh, in, in a similar way with Fallout 3 to Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4 to whatever? So I think the question specifically to him was Fallout New Orleans, which is a weird place to go. Um, we like New Marais. I like New Marais better than New Orleans. It's true. They're the same thing. Um, That's, I was saying, you know, you liked one game in that setting. Sure. That's true. Uh, and I like New Orleans. Fine. I've been there. But, I haven't. But pre-Katrina, I went there. Okay. Um, did you go to the French Quarter? I was there for like a day. Did you eat a beignet? Did no. you go to a Saints game? Did you hear some jazz? No. None of that. Did you happened. go to the Real World House? No. Mm -mm. What the hell did you do? I saw 311. Oh. Okay. Uh, 2004. Do you think that we'll get another Fallout game, like an interstitial Fallout game? No, I don't think we will. I think that, uh, I think I've, first off, I think it's just weird. Like, I like how this, this popped up and made the rounds as a news story. And it's just like, I get it, but it almost seems like, you know, when you're talking about your ex-girlfriend, you're like, I take her back. Just, I hope she sees this. I hope she sees this comment right. somewhere. And we'd love to, we'd love to date again. You know what I mean? Like, well, clearly you're not talking to her about dating her right now. So I doubt there's a real conversation going on about getting, you know, one of these one-off Fallout games out there. And then I think that I would like to think at least, but that's the, like we always talk about it, Fallout 4 made in a vacuum, right? They had to just go underground and make this game and then they come out and the world's kind of changed. You would hope they're going to take some of the things into, you know what I mean? Like that's like, all right, we're not just going to pump out another Fallout, whatever, New Orleans, whatever, with, give somebody else the engine while we work on Fallout 5 or, you know, more than likely Skyrim 2 or whatever the hell it's going to be. Uh, You'd like to think they well, sit down and actually change. Yeah, but I'm saying like for oh for for Obsidian, so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So I no, I don't. Do you? Uh, not likely. It's possible. I think that you can learn a lesson with the way Rockstar treated Grand Theft Auto Five compared to four. Yeah, compared to three, um, and making things rarer makes it more powerful and makes it sell better. I think. Um. Because, you know, we had Grand Theft Auto 3, and then mm -hmm. Vice City came out two years later, and then San Andreas came out a year later. Make them want it. Um, and, yeah, so if you make it, and then 4 had DLC, but now 5 doesn't have anything. Yeah. So, but 5 still is, like, extraordinarily popular, and millions and tens and tens and tens of millions of copies sold. So, um, 
you can look, pay attention to that and be like, well, we might not make as much money, but we're also not going to spend as much money um, making these games. And I think that you just make things a little rare, but it would be nice, I think, you know, to give that engine now and give them to someone else and be like, you make this and we'll make this. And, yeah. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Number eight is the final one. The news wrap up. Civilization Revolution 2 Plus, originally slated to come to Vita in December of 2015, and then this week has been delayed once more. The Civilization Facebook page notes that it will now come out later this year. Now, this is a weird one. I was reading on NeoGAF. <laughs> the game is already out on Vita in like Asia. Oh, really? And like a couple of other territories, and it's fine. The trophy list came up was up forever ago. Forever. Something's up because the game. It's not like the game could have failed cert. It's done. So like, I have no idea what they're doing, and the, the theory is that they're going to put it out on retail. Mm. Co-op centric shooter lovers in a dangerous space time is coming to PS4 on February 9th. Nick loves that game. The Escapist Walking Dead spinoff, The Escapist The Walking Dead, comes to PS4 on February 16th. Story heavy stealth game Republic comes to PS4 on March 22nd. Twin stick shooter Neurovoider is coming to an at an undetermined time to PS4. Horror game Layers of Fear comes to PS4 on February 16th. Jailhouse Simulator Prison Architect comes to PS4 sometime this spring. Overkill's Walking Dead shooter, originally slated for launch later this year, has been delayed until the second half of 2017. This is apparently done to coincide with the Asian release of the game. Okay. Kart Racer Coffin Dodgers is coming to PS4 in the spring of 2016. Multiplayer game, uh, multiplayer party game Wondershot is coming to PS4 in the near future. And Pirate Simulator Pixel Piracy is coming to PS4 in an undetermined time in the future. Okay. Lots of PS4 announcements. No Vita announcements. Sad days. Colin. Yes. Jericho has a question for you. He wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, and I liked that he directed where this question should go. Jericho says, question after Roper's report and before the PlayStation releases. Hey, Colin. Hello. He put here with stars. I don't think we have enough time for the niceties of this. Of this. Jericho wrote, hey, Colin, and then put in uh, little stars, giving Colin time to say hello. Uh-oh. Hey Greg. Hey Jericho. One not so PlayStation related question. This one is for Colin. Colin, what happens with your notes for the Ropers report after you record an episode? Last week, you were seeing some spelling mistakes and corrected them on the fly, even though nobody will ever see them. Will we ever see your notes? No. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jericho, for that question. Colin. Yes. Where would I go if I want to know what's coming to stores and digital storefronts and grop mom and grop shops? The upcoming list of PlayStation software on PS4, PS Vita, PS3, sometimes PSP, PS Classics by the kind of funny co-founders. <laughs> Gemini Heroes Reborn comes to PS4 Digital. It says Gemini Heroes Reborn is a first person adventure that follows Cassandra, age 20. She is a young woman on a journey of discovery in which she will unlock incredible powers unique in the Heroes universe and solve a mystery in her, in her past. She will be reunited with her long-missing family, but not in the way she ever expected. Well, how does that, how does that one do? For, what does that do for you? It's all right. It's okay? It's okay. I, was, I, was, I don't know why it came to mind. She is a young woman on a journey. I was thinking I of... Stop. You're, <laughs> you're thinking of one woman's erotic journey from, from Milan to Minsk. Minsk. <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle. That's what I thought too. I love that it's one woman's erotic journey. It's so good. I think that episode was just on recently. Lego Marvel's Avengers comes to PS4, PS3, and PS Vita, digital and at retail. I'm in that game. Avengers Assemble, the best-selling Lego Marvel franchise, returns with a new action-packed adventure. Join the Lego Marvel's Avengers team 
and experience a game featuring characters and storylines from the critically acclaimed films. Play as the most powerful superheroes in their quest to save the world. How's that one do for you? Yeah. So I'm in it. I'm Aldrich Killian. Right now, the let's play of me playing as myself is up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and also important to point out that you and i usually play the lego vita games every so often this one has the hub worlds in it i'm super excited to kick the tires when it's finally cool because i've only been playing ps4 which is really good and i'm enjoying it this next one i'm interested in okay saturday morning rpg comes to ps4 and vita tell me about this i've seen it getting talked about today but i don't know the game digital cross by okay here's what it says Saturday Morning RPG is an episodic JRPG set in a world heavily inspired by 1980s Saturday morning cartoons and pop culture. Okay. Players take the role of Martin Marty Michael Hall, <laughs> which is awesome. And for people that are you know, 80s fans. Yeah. An average high school student who has just been granted an incredible power, a power that ultimately leads him to attract the ire of the world's most notorious vil- villain, Commander Hood. It's basically like different stories um, in uh, like kind of a role playing aesthetic um, that uh, is set. In the 1980s, and I just had heard very cursorily cursorily about it some time ago. I think you heard good things about it, though. I don't know if it's any good. Okay, it sounds interesting. I like the idea of it. I like the name of it a lot too. The War of Mine, the Little Ones, comes to PS4 digitally, but this one's out on the 29th, so this is a Friday release. The War of Mine, the Little Ones, provides a gritty and thought-provoking experience of war from the perspective of a group of civilians trying to survive the ordeal. Even in war, kids are still kids. Not a good write-up. Because uh, I have no idea what the fuck it is. Critically but, acclaimed game. But the uh, the uh, the image they show here seems to be you're going to do two point five D. It's side not side scroller, but yeah, you're shooting from the side, moving your characters through the world, getting stuff. You know, you played this. I played a little bit of it, and then I, I was like, I'm going to get it on PC, and I think I did buy it on Steam, and then I found out it's coming to PlayStation. I was like, I'll just wait. Tom Clancy's The Division Beta mm-hmm. comes to PS4 digitally. This begins on the 29th, which is a Friday. Tom Clancy's The Division Beta is your chance to test and experience a pre-release version of the game. Plus, it serves as an important opportunity for the team to make sure the game is balanced and the servers are tested to pave the way for a smooth launch. The beta will not be a full version of the game, does not represent the final quality of the game, and will only function during specific time frames. And finally, The Witness finally, finally, finally comes to PS4. Shown at the PlayStation 4 reveal event. Digital. Yep, this was, I think... This might be like the third PlayStation 4 game we ever saw, mm. which is makes it quite historic. You wake up alone on a strange island full of puzzles that will challenge and surprise you. You don't remember who you are and you don't remember how you got here. But there's one thing you can do. Explore the island in hope of discovering clues, regaining your memory and somehow finding your way home. The game looks extraordinarily good. Getting now, amazing reviews. It's getting 10s and 9s, being called a masterpiece, being called some people's, you know, definitely early game of the year. It's very early. Um... My fear with The Witness is I don't know if I'll be able to play it because I'm just not great mm. at these obtuse puzzle games. Yeah. And if Braid is any fucking indication, this is going to be an obtuse. I can only be Braid because I use I use a guide. I'm like, I'm not fucking playing it. Like, I, I played it. I'm like, I'll play it, but I'm not fucking playing it. I'm gonna, I want to see what it's all about, but I'm not dealing with this. I'm excited that it's doing so well. I'm excited it's finally here. I'm glad it's a game that people had expectations for, and it looks like it's delivering so far. My problem is this. Yeah, I wasn't into Braid. Braid never clicked for me, and I didn't super love it or anything. And then, yeah, it's a puzzle game, which immediately kind of turns me off. It kind of sounds like Mist, which is kind of a turnoff. And then it's the fear of its 40 hours of puzzles. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm going to still try it and hope, I mean, the fact that everyone loves it, I hope I love it too, but on paper, I'm like, ooh, I don't know if this is a game for me. Right. You know what I mean? I'm going to jump in. I want to be able to talk about everything. But oof. oof. Who knows? Oof. 
Um, yeah, I want to see what I want to play it. I have it. We have it, I, yeah. I, and we've had it. I, I, but I've just not had a chance to play it we've yet. Yeah, you know, we've been and I've been distracted by a couple other games, but we have this game here that first of all I think and you brought it up I think last week or maybe on Colin and Greg Live is being sold for $40 which I think is really interesting yeah um, it's not a it's a digital only game it's not retail but that is a high price point for a digital game but I think probably an appropriate price considering the, ro- the apparent robustness of the game the game apparently is 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours long um, depending on how thorough you are it's, it's crazy more bang for your buck than you're going to get for a lot of $60 games yeah and it's probably going to be better than a lot of those games too my one fear it's the same thing I felt about with Portal which was Portal looked great and I'm sure it was great I just can't play these games like I just I just don't play games to fucking annoy myself you know what I mean yeah. and I know that I'll play The Witness and I'll probably f- figure a few things out and then I'm going to be like about reach this thing where I got really 12 you're going to be like what the fuck am I supposed to do yeah and then I'll probably just like anything you could probably figure it out I just it's the same thing with these adventure games, these nerdy adventure games that like Christine likes, where yeah. I'm like, I just don't get why you want to play this. How does this cup of water interact with the light yeah, bulb like, to get I me out of this room? I don't know that I care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Stay in the room. I'm happy. I got a cup of water. Like just, so I appreciate that people like those games because some people fucking live and die by yeah. these kinds of games. It's just, which is great. It's just not the reason I play games. So I am I feel like, and I've heard that the, the witness is very difficult. So, um, yeah, I'm scared. Which is it, not, doesn't, which is it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like you, we talk about this all the time, right? Like we just did a gamescast topic of can you talk about something and not play it or whatever. And we were talking about how, well, you have to, especially when it comes down to stuff like this, where like, you know, you, we know what we like to play. And like everything I hear about the witness, I'm like, oof, I don't know, man. I'm glad it's great, but I don't know if it's a game for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's for me, yeah. but, we, but we're both going to try it though. Yeah, I'm, I want to give it a go. I was thinking about maybe we, we do many fewer. That doesn't make any sense. We do fewer let's plays. Yeah. Now. To a significant degree than we used to, um, but I thought that that might be a good one for us to sit down and play with. But I just, I just don't know, you know. Try I, I, yeah. So we'll see. I want, I do want to give a shout out to a game I haven't been spending time with, and I talked about it a bit on Colin and Gray Live, but I'll talk about it more in depth here. It's a uh, boy and his blob. Now this is a, a reimagining of the 1990 David Crane classic NES game, and I say classic loosely because it's a game that a lot of people really didn't like very much. I owned it and I liked that game a lot when I was a kid. Maybe it's just because I was used to it and you just spend time it's a very obtuse game it's very difficult um basically the original game and the new game are about the same thing it's a boy and his blob uh a blob like lands on the planet it's just this white friendly creature right and he loves jelly beans but like when you feed him jelly beans of specific colors he turns into these different things so in the original game um you had a finite amount of jelly beans. You had to like go to the store and buy them you like couldn't fuck around like it was really it was like really hard no fucking around these jelly beans are serious um, and then the new one, you have an infinite amount of jelly beans, and in fact, like the game's just broken up in a different way. The original one is like just a huge world, and you kind of just go about your business in like any way you can. The new one is like based on stages, um, and I'm on the 18th stage right now. But there are also bonus stages, and I've done all 18 of those so far. So mm-hmm. I guess I've done like 36 stages. Gotcha. And you start with specific jelly beans in your arsenal, and basically, it's just a side scroller. Your your bo- the little boy can only jump a little bit. And you have to, and that's it, and throw jelly beans and call for Blob, and that's it. And you can hug Blob too, which is cool. Ah. Um, but uh, you have to use the jelly beans in your arsenal to like figure out and get through the environment. So I'll give you an example. So, like, there's a, a jack um, jelly bean, and you give it to him, and he turns into a jack, and then you press X, and he like lifts things up so you can like gotcha. walk underneath. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, there's like a bouncing ball that he can ride. And it lets you like go over water or like bounce a little higher to like reach platforms. There's like a you can make a hole and like get and like put a hole there and then like the enemy just like falls through the hole. Or you can get like push a rock through the hole and then on top of an enemy or something like that. So it's like 
a very rudimentary puzzle game. It gets it's pretty complicated. I'm actually in a place of the game now where I'm like, I don't know like what the fuck. For the first time, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm supposed to do. Sure. Um, and now you hate it, and it's a puzzle game. You're never gonna play it again. But it's just way more accessible. It's a way forward game. Um, and uh, you know, uh, Sean Velasco actually, I think, was one of the leads on it. Who was one of the leads on Shovel Knight? Um, so there's a lot of heart. The, the graphics are beautiful. It was very hand drawn. The animations are great. Um, and it captures the essence, I think, of the old game. So anyway, I'm playing it on Vita. I think it's great on Vita. It's also on PS4. You can play the original. So it originally came out on Wii. And I remember, I think, vaguely messing around with it when it came out. Like we had it or it went sure. around. Like people talked about it. I don't really remember any anymore. It was a long time ago. It was like seven years ago now. But so it's available on Wii if you want to go find the Wii version, the original version of the game. But it, it's been ported to Vita, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And you play it all there. It's pretty cheap. Um, and I think people will enjoy it. I, I like it a lot. Good. It's definitely been very engaging for me um and i have other games to distract me right now but i've been very like i want to see it all the way through the bullshit thing is it's got no platinum trophy and it's, it's like bitch. all bronze trophies and you're really working hard for them but that's, that's upsetting but it's uh it's fun I, I definitely suggest it to people it's like one of my first pretty strong recommendations of the year Good. that and the banner saga obviously oh, yeah um yeah so anyway that's it for the uh that's it for the list okay up next topic of the show Tons, 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 tons. This one is brought to you by Mac Weldon Underwear. I have underwear for you, Colin. You can have this one. Okay. This one's just in a... I, this is silver, it says. So you got a silver one, and then you got this one. Now, this one has a fun... I like their description These are here. all mine. This is Rum Raisin Indigo. I mean, I would like maybe a, a pair. No, I don't think so. I'm already wearing a pair. Do you want these two? The ones no, I'm wearing? Got, if you got a pair, I'm going to keep the rest. It seems like that doesn't seem like a great deal. There's they, they, they feel good. I'm wearing them right now. Okay. I like that there's a hole in the front. My other boxer briefs don't. You got a hole right there. Put you your dingling through. Yeah, you got to take your dingling out. You got to put But as I was talking about on Colin and Greg Live today, right. sometimes you wake up, especially if you're, you know, you, you got a you got a little girth to you. Yeah. Like your boy Colin M does. Sure. You know, let's talk frankly. And, I mean, just lay it out on the table here. Not well, literally. Uh, not literally. Oh, okay. I was going to say, well, all right. Uh, and sometimes you just wake up and you and, and it's just hanging out of your boxers, right? You know? Well, that's because you wear boxers. I'm a boxer brief guy, right? So I like I like already the, the construction here, and I enjoy the hole. The hole is helpful. You gonna take that one, the rum raisin? I like just the name rum raisin. What kind of underwear you're wearing? I'm wearing some rum raisin one right now. Just saying, putting it out there. <sighs> Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabric, fabrics, and simple shopping. Now this is what I like about it. All right, there it's internet, obviously. MacWeldon.com. That's where you go there, right? Uh, they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they will still refund you. No questions asked. You can go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code kind of funny. Do you think that they don't want the underwear back because you already wore them? Probably. So like, you know what? You keep You know that. what? It's gone far enough. You know what I mean? But I just like a good return policy. I do too. Because you, know you know how it is sometimes. You order something, you get it, you don't like it, but it's a hassle. I'm not going to return it. That's no, that's the that's the, how they get you in online shopping. Mm -hmm. You're like, ah, well, what am I supposed to do? I got, I'm gonna get a box and print a label. Hell no, I'm not gonna do that. Colin, yeah. Today's topic of the show comes, of course, from the community at kindoffunny.com/psq. That's where you go to ask your questions for PS. I love you, XOXO. Just like Dougie Hockey did. Dougie Hockey wrote in and says, "What are your predictions for the last scene of Uncharted Four? Not just the who dies, but what will the final What will the final chapter be when it closes out? Personally." I would like to see the final big moment happen. Big set piece, taking down the villain, end, and then cut to black. Then fade into a small child, boy, six or seven, running through the forest, climbing walls, tree branches, and as the child slides down a log, a, lo a log, boom, 
The log changes to a slide, and Nate catches this kid at the bottom of the slide at a large playground, revealing the forest was just a kid's imagination while playing with his father. Elena then calls over to them, Nate, Sullivan, time to go. They walk back to her, and it ends. P.S. The young Drake moment will be getting to play Chapter 5 as Sir Francis Drake. P.S. I enjoy the company. Um, so what does the end of Uncharted look like? I've had time to think. Do you want me to talk? Yeah, go ahead. My, here's my thought. is like I like some of the things Dougie's hitting on there. It, I think back to like when you think about Uncharted endings, for me, I jumped to Uncharted 2. You know, Nate and Elena standing there. She's not dead. She's talking about like, you know, how scared are you on a scale or whatever. And he's like, what? I think he says seven, a six. It's like, well, what would a 10 be? And he's like clowns. And they have this like great exchange. And they slowly pull back. I see it being like that. But here, stick with me. I see it being like that, but similar to this, where I do think like that. Okay, let's say Sullivan dies in the in the whole adventure we're having. Nate's brother Sam turns out to be a bad guy. At some point in the end, that comes back. He's a bad guy, so they end on bad terms. We we kill Sam probably, or Sam dies in the fight. I'm saying that Sam kills Sully. We continue to go. Then yeah, whatever. We beat the final boss. Da da da. Cut to black, and then yeah, we cut to. Uh, them with a baby maybe just having the baby whatever and that's probably why Elena's mad in the game that you know Nate's off again gallivanting around lying to her or whatever because they've set up a real life where he has a boring ass job with a rubber stamp right and she they cook dinner and da 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 so now we're there but it's her ha- you know maybe in labor they have the baby they, they do name it Sullivan they name it Victor or something like that it's, it is you know Nate's son or whatever and then it's yeah them all you know holding each other like you know you do and they pan out they, they do the whole like pull back fade to black I say all that I've never known Neil and Bruce to be that predictable. You know what I mean? Like I and like the the out would be for like uncharted games before like you knew they were going to end happily, right? And I still think they're going to end happily here. I don't think you take the legacy that is uncharted in the final uncharted chapter, the end of Nathan Drake's stories and kill him. So many people think that's what's going to happen. So many kids keep predicting online or asking me online about like you know, it's going to end and it's going to be a tie into The Last of Us. And it's like, no, they're not going to take this world. This that would be pul- so this stupid. pulp adventure <laughs> that world. That would be so dumb. That they've made so, so happy and go lucky. And like, you know, yeah, we killed 2,000 people, but we're together and in love and great. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to end on that sour of a note. I still don't think they're going to kill Sullivan. I, You know what I mean? Like, I still don't think they kill him just because I think they toyed around with that with three already. And so the weird thing is, like, I just don't. I they don't toyed know. around with it in one. True. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. But that, that back then, we didn't know who the fuck he was, so it didn't really matter. Whereas, like, three, it was like, oh, no. So, first, the, the last, I'll never play a video game again if they tie the uh, Uncharted into The Last Nace of Us. Nace sits down all happy and, like, opens like, his really paper. Like, really does. Obviously, like, Uncharted 3 is tied into The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. With but but I mean, in a literal plot way. They never sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's funny. But um, I want them to kill Drake. But I know that they're not going to. Yeah. I think they're not going to for multiple reasons, but I think one of the reasons is that they don't want the whole, like, why are you last of us thing? Uncharted. Sure. sure, sure and even sure, though sure. Bruce and Neil worked on uncharted too, uh, it was intimately story. they, it was Amy's story and they're going to, and they're, I think they already have this, like this with some people, the stigma of like, uh, uh, just gonna, they're going to be darker. Everyone assumes it's going to be a really dark game yeah. because, of, because of what they did with the last of us. I don't know if that's necessarily a fair assumption to make, but I think that you have to avoid that at all costs. So I think that that's a reason why they just don't go down that road in my opinion. But, um, I think that dollars to donuts are killing Sullivan and, and, uh, you, ha- I actually think you have to like you, you have to do something that's fucked up before it gets better. And I like the idea of them showing Elena and Nate and the kid and all that kind of stuff. The kid's name Victor and, and, um, all of that. But I wish, 
I remember asking Amy about Uncharted Three and the Sullivan scene when he gets when it looks like he's dead for a while, or whatever. And if they were if that was like he was supposed to be, and that they they wrote it out. Yeah. And uh, she said no that that was they they don't, never wanted to kill him to begin with. That was just part of the story. But I think you have to like someone has to die, mm. and if it's not going to be Drake, and I don't know if they would do it to Elena because that would be I think that would be more fucked up than killing Drake. Sure, unless they both die, which I think would be like, an, and I think that that's too much, right? Because you know, like you said, final shots him holding hands, and then it's just a plane. <laughs> it's like, but I think that to your point, it's a pulp adventure. Yeah, and Indiana Jones lives, right? You know? Right. Um. Uh, so I, but I do think someone has to perish. I mean, what if, I think it's going to be, it's got like, so I don't know what the last scene is going to be, but Sullivan's dying in that game. Here's my thing though. I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I think this is the problem. This is a slippery slope with Uncharted. It is right. Like I'm saying, I'm saying with like, you know, my iron fist here, right. That like, no, they're, they're, it's not Uncharted to have Nate dead. It's not Uncharted. I don't think to have Sully dead and all the stuff at the end of that, that, that. Right. But then are we just doing the, the, another, the Uncharted one, two and three again? You know what I mean? Are we making the, the fourth Uncharted game where then they're just going to get flogged in the press for doing the same fucking thing again? But, so like then the tie in to get around it though would be killing Sam. Maybe like, I, you know, yeah, I, but for, who gives a fuck about Sam by the end of it? You will theoretically. I don't know about that. I mean, like you, as much as you care about Sam, it's like caring about Cutter and, or, or Chloe. You, you care about them. Yeah. And maybe one of them dies, but you don't care about Cutter and Chloe. The you're, way you I'm care just, about you're Elena. saying something bad has to happen. I'm saying I think that's something we definitely... introduced this new villain that, you know, blows Sam away in front of Nate. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I just don't. It's like it's like the cameraman dying. Like Jeff, the cameraman. It's like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, like you don't know Jeff, the cameraman. You yeah. don't know anything about him. Yeah. Because you only had a half a game with them. Yeah, I think we'll get a bit more characterization than Jeff the Cameraman. Maybe. You're lucky. <laughs> I think that... I don't agree with you that they're going to get flogged if they just set it up and kill someone the same way. Because that, death death is a, is a plot device. Like, you can't... It That's like saying, like, you can't do a bunch of different things because they already exist. It's about how you do it. You I'm know? saying if they did exact... If they're doing what I'm predicting, where nobody major dies, and they, then they get flogged for just being Uncharted 1 again, or Uncharted 2 again, or Uncharted 3 again. That's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not saying killing somebody they'd get flogged for, no. But it is this weird balance of, like, if they play it too safe, then it's too boring. It's like every other Uncharted. If they go too crazy, you're too dark. This isn't the un- this isn't Uncharted. You guys aren't true to the vision. That's what I'm saying. I think that... I, I think it's safe to assume Drake doesn't die. I think the title insinuates that he does. And I think that that that's a double entendre, and I think that that's intentional. Yeah. To, to lead people down the path of assuming that someone's got to die. And they could be playing with the expectation internally as Uncharted fans themselves that, especially because they didn't work on the third one, really, that um, they have their own expectations of what the series is supposed to look like and the way the series is supposed to end. I just don't know. What does the last scene look like? I don't know. All I know is that someone important's dead and it's not Sam because no one gives a fuck about Sam. You know, like, we, like maybe, yeah, maybe you will in the game within the confines of the game, but we have not adventured with Sam you know, for mm-hmm. this this long, there's really only three characters that you could kill to like make it really mean something. Sure, five if you count Chloe and Cutter and like, and, and maybe Nobody a few does. others if you count some of the other ones, Chloe specifically. But m- my bet is that Sel- Sullivan dies and that it's something fucking awful. Maybe even early in the game, and mm-hmm. maybe Sam kills him, mm-hmm. and that's and that's. Um, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, for Sam, yeah, I, Sam I, I still predict Sam turns villain. You know what I mean? Well, like, I, think I still obvious. think that. I think well, that's so obvious. But don't we've you? had that conversation forever. You know what I mean? And the fact of like, how much has the game changed? You know what I mean? Like, that was, I can't, why can't I suddenly remember his name? The guy who left the project who was playing Sam before Troy. 
Oh, I don't. Remember. I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. I can picture him. Damn it, we talked to each other. Anyway, Stashwick. Stashwick. When Stashwick left the project, wow, he said, "Yeah, he was that, and that what in his VO was, you know." It was Sam coming back at Nate and being like, you left me to rot in a fucking hole and I'm going to fucking take it out of it. You know what I mean? And then I was like, awesome. Now when I watch all this promotional stuff and all these scenes from the game, I'm waiting for Sam to go bad. You know what I mean? But the way those scenes have been shown to us and what they've done, it's always like, well, this is really deep into the game. Like this, I like I've given up on the fact that Sam turns early. I thought it was going to be first, you know, thing. He shows up. We go on a little mission. Then we go on a bigger mission. Then the third mission, he goes crazy. Right. But it seems like. That's not happening. That's going to be longer before he does anything. So, yeah, you figure you're act two, right? He can fucking turn, get Sullivan, and then move on. Yeah. I don't know. I. I... <laughs> what if Lazarevich comes back again? <laughs> just drinking the blue sap? Just drinking it by the handful? What if they brought everyone back? They brought back. Um... What was his name? The Guerrero, Eddie, no, Eddie, Eddie, yeah, yeah, not Eddie Guerrero, but no, yeah. Guerrero. But no, there was <laughs> the a professional what? wrestler. No, but there was a, there was. I, I don't even think it was him. It was the other Eddie guy. was like the minion for the guy with the longer hair. But that there was a guy with like a Spanish name. Um, in number one, yeah, it, Eddie. It was like Gares or something, right? Or something. Oh yeah, I don't remember. Just played it too, which is weird. I just played it. Again. What the fuck is it? God damn There's it. There's the guy with the longer no, hair. There's the guy with the old. white hair who is old. I know, but you're not, you're not, I can see, I can see people are like, and then there's at Eddie at their, their devices. Cause of course we're available on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific time. We love you. List of uncharted characters. Eddie Garza. Navarro. Ah, Navarro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was close. I was very close. <laughs> there was a G in it. Yeah, we're close. Guerrero, Navarro, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty close. Okay, we're in the ballpark, yeah. So uh, bring him back, bring Lazarevich back, and bring Catherine and Marlowe back. Marlo back, yeah. Along with Talbot. And Talbot's Talbot. just running around. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it ends. I, I know that no matter what we think is going to happen, it's not going to happen that way. Sure. Just Maybe, like the last of us. I was going to say, <laughs> like any of them. <laughs> like anything in the whole world. Well, some, world. some shit's really contrived, and you can call it a mile away, right? I sure. don't think that Naughty Dog does that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, why? I, I, when I sit there and I'm like, the, in the baby and it's named Victor because he died. And I was like, well, that's not how Naughty Dog rolls. It's not, you know what I mean? You don't get to predict those things. Like, so I'll be interested to see what they if do. If any of our predictions have been right, I'll actually be disappointed. Like, not, not an overarching thing. Someone's fucking dying. I, that, that, I'll be, I'll be, I'm sure it's going to be great no matter what it is. So I don't think, I don't want to say I'll be disappointed, but I'll be shocked if they were, if they just let everyone live. Shocked. Just absolutely shocked if the three of them all live. <laughs> Everybody gets out, no problem. Now this, I want to, I want to open reader mail, mail call, mail, stream, mail uh, so on. We have no time for that. Right into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ with your questions. But I have a story for you that I found interesting. It's from Limely Game of, Lively Game of, dot, dot, dot. Hi guys. So my question comes with a story. A couple of weeks ago, I was on vacation to Disney World, parentheses, what's up Tim? It was going great for about five hours until on the very first night of our vacation, our room was robbed. Now, being the modern person that I am, I brought my laptop, headphones, and the all-important PS Vita on this trip. All of these items were stolen. Now, this is particularly sad due to the fact that my Vita was brand spanking new, only purchased two days earlier. Needless to say, I was distraught. Flash forward to two days later, still devastated, I get a call from the front office, and guess what had been found in a dumpster on the property? My freaking Vita. Now overjoyed. That one, I got my Vita back, and two, that it's working. I came to an interesting line of thought. Why? <laughs> this was the only thing thrown away. My laptop, headphones, and other valuables weren't discarded. Only my PlayStation Vita. 
My question is, what would you say to the person responsible? Not only that act of stealing is wrong, but that the real crime is throwing away such a piece of technology so great as the Vita. Please consider the state of a person had to be in to perform such a travesty. It's like insult to injury, huh? Yeah, he's like, nobody wants this. That's fucked up. Yeah, well, it reminds me of like funny. It's not funny because it's oh, never funny when someone gets their things taken from them. Fucking scumbag pieces of shit that do that to people. Yeah. Um, hope they rot in hell. They, as an aside to that story, I do believe in karma. And I do believe that what goes, what around, goes comes around, around comes around. I do believe that in my heart. Um, with that said, the, people used to send pictures of like people's like entertainment systems being stolen, but like the Wii was still there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a similar. It's and, and you're like I think I saw one with maybe even a Wii U or something. Like they that know the market. They ain't gonna get anything for this. Yeah, and and uh, you know, yeah, it's it's unfor. It's it's a very it's a silver lining, uh, funny story to a very great cloud. I I'm sorry to hear that that happened to you. Um. What's funny is that like they found the Vita in a dumpster and they knew it was yours and then they and that's why it's a so. bit. Mm, but I like I so like you don't the believe story. the story happened. I say it's like like seventy five percent maybe happened twenty five percent no. Yeah, that it may be more like sixty five. You know what I mean? Sixty five thirty five. Sixty five thirty five. Because but I mean he says dumpster maybe means trash can. It is reported. My other thing is just like I don't know. I, I guess it, that this. It's weird, but it's rare to hear about a hotel room getting broken into, let alone a Disney World hotel room. Maybe it wasn't in a good part of Disney. Maybe it's at the Days Inn in But somebody, what, they're like out there and they're just like swapping the cards in and out, doing all this stuff, being a bunch of jerks. Now, Colin, mm -hmm. I have a similar question for you. You never asked me a question, so it's not a similar question. He wanted to know what you're going to say to people, but what, do you, what would you say to this guy? I mean, you just already did. You answered it. He's a piece of shit burning out. Yeah, I, so I you just... you did answer his question. I don't, I don't understand the mentality of people that want to hurt other people or take their things or infringe on their property you, or their liberty or whatever. It just doesn't, it's not, it's not, uh, you have to be a true piece of fucking garbage to do that to someone. Like, I, absolutely. Like you can, Oh, like I, I just, I, I really can't believe there are people out there walking by. You walk by them on the street. Yeah. They just steal or take or do whatever the hell they want to. Like just, just absolute human trash. Now without. here's a question from someone in a gray area and we, who wants to know if he's about to become a piece of trash. Okay. Big Duck PT wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ with this story. Hey, Greg and Colin. I traded my Xbox One for a PS4, and the previous owner left his account in the PS4 that I now own. In the PS4 that I now own. Am I an asshole to immediately download every single game he owned? And no, I'm not messing with his credit card or private information, just the games. What do you think? Asshole or not? P.S. As I'm playing Bloodborne, can't help but feel less guilty. So he's already done it. He's already done it. Like, this is like, for me, it's not even so much like um, playing his. This is ambiguous. I'm playing his games that I'm downloading. Da, da, da. It's that you're stealing his identity. It's identity theft. You're, play, you're getting trophies now in his name. This is, the, this is the transgression I can't let pass. That you have no oh, soul. So he, no, you're inhabiting just this robot. I see. I see. So it's I a shell. He, so it's not like the PS3 where you could just download. No, remember, you're locked out right. of somebody else's game. That's so true. he's for okay, sure. No, you're right. It would you're be right. like you sold no, it and right. all of a sudden somebody's playing on your PS3. Yeah, so there's no ambiguity there. Because what I was saying was that like, well, all things being equal, if you're just downloading games that are on the console. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Sure. Then, I mean, you're, what it, you're doing is wrong, but you're not, you're not hurting anyone, maybe. But that's just kind of a devil at, you, devil's advocate. And that's kind of the weird thing anyway. is you think I wouldn't do something. You like would that. think that he's you know doesn't care about his PSN. You know he dropped the PS4 works. You know usually when I trade in a PS console somewhere it's busted. I'm trying to get, I'm scamming you. 
scamming you pawn shop. Oh yeah, you pulled Columbia, some bullshit. Columbia, huh? Missouri. Yeah, some, when, I, when, I was, scumbag bullshit. when I was a poor college student, and nobody got hurt. Well, they got hurt because they paid you for something that didn't work. It, it works fine. They can only play the blue PS2 discs. They're fine. They're okay. They're going to be all right at Tiger Pawn in Columbia. The you, thing, can, you can dispel it however you want. No, it, was, it was a bad move. No, I'm totally. But that's what I'm. But I mean, that's always the thing. To say, is we're in privileged positions. You know what I mean? Sure. Now we have money. We have a job. We have all these different things. You know what I mean? Well, that's inevitably what someone's going to say about about the desperation of someone who steals. I, I that's thought what about they're going to say about people who like buy used games and don't see the problem with pirating shit. Now I understand like slippery slopes again. That's why I'm saying I would. Say, I'm with you that no big duck PC. It's wrong. I understand it seems like an easy win, but more than anything, you just don't have an identity. You're out there pretending to be somebody else. Don't do your single white female yeah. in it. Just I know it's hard. Delete it and forget about it because you'll forget about it and be done with it. Yeah, I think you're right, because I was thinking more of the PS3 mentality of like, well, you have your name on there and you're just, and you you're, are you just downloading games to the console? Yeah, what you're doing, no matter what, I, I've, I've said this to people in the past about piracy and stuff like that. I'm like, you can spin whatever yarn you want justify to, to justify it six it. ways from Sunday. You're stealing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um and so it would be the same way. I'm like, you could justify it however you want. You should be paying for these games, but you are right that he is also, because of the nature of the PlayStation 4, basically on someone else's account. He has no soul. And and, and yeah, so I, I, I agree with you that it's what he's doing is wrong. I, and either way, I see I just try not to project t- typically try to project I don't know, value judgments on other people, typically. Unless they're like pieces of shit that are stealing things from other people, like right. literally stealing things from people. Or you're murdering someone, for instance, like you like to do. Um, but never convicted. So I'm not trying to project necessarily like value judgments on our on people that are probably good and decent people yeah. that find themselves in these weird positions. But I will say that even if I was given a console like that and there were no repercussions, I would have still deleted it because it's just like you can't. You, it's gotta, almost like you're looking behind the curtain and you're not supposed to be able. You got to make your own name, blaze your own trail. Don't go on there and, and buy your own games. Remember that you know games. I understand games aren't cheap, and I understand we we've, we've admitted many times in the past we are very privileged. We get games for free every week constantly. Um, but that's the nature of our job. And we have to play these games, have access to these games. Um, and we pay for games when it's necessary. I mean, I, I, I've paid for games plenty of times in UF as well, but it's, it's not, I would say not common. So, yeah. we, so we have to, um, be honest. And we have been about that, about our perspective compared to the consumer's perspective. Um, but remember that these games cost lots of money to make and, and you want some, you know, Sony and the developer and the publisher, they all deserve your money. It's like, you wouldn't walk into, um, Best Buy and just walk out with a TV or something like that without paying for it, and you'll be like, "Well, someone made this and someone manufactured it." I'm like, "Well, someone made manufactured this too." So just try to like think about it. And, and those guys, we used to have those kinds of conversations when we talked about used games and who's mm-hmm. profiting and who's not. Used games are becoming a much less big deal um, as time goes on. I feel like at least in 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 the the in gaming vernacular, in terms of the the name, like The Witness is going to be a, one of the game of the year candidates probably at the end of the year, and you have no prayer of buying that used. So Unless I guess this motherfucker. Keeps out buying these PS4s yeah. and games on there. No deleted systems. So just the, here's a good life lesson about anything. Life lessons with Colin. Just do unto others, right? Yep. Treat yep. others the way you want to be treated. Treat others things the way you want to be treated. I'd be mortified if somebody had my PS4 that I sold and they had like my address and credit card information. Yeah, it's it. just and Delete even though shit. you say you're not abusing it, and I believe you, 100. Uh, still downloading games like you're, what you're still doing is is morally ambiguous, and and when you're in that moral ambiguity, it's better to veer towards. The, the white as opposed to the to the mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Game on Parker wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, P.S. I love you question. I figured that out, Game on Parker. Hey, Colin and Greg. 
With the Division beta fast approaching and the game's actual release date being under two months away, I've noticed that publicity for the game has gone up tremendously. There are a lot more news stories about the game over the past few weeks, and more gameplay and gameplay details are surfacing. Before these stories, we didn't have much on the Division besides what we saw at E3 in the occasional trailer. On past shows... Colin has talked about the Fallout 4 way of marketing a game, and I'm just wondering if how the division has handled its marketing so far meets Colin's expectations. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. I love and adore you both. Game on, Parker. Did you have expectations for the division's marketing? No. I, I think that it's 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 been interesting so far how they're trickling things out. I think that you can't really draw comparisons to the way the division has been marketed compared to other AAA, massive AAA games that came and went. Um Generally, simply because the division was delayed and it's it was kind of in, I don't want to say hell because I don't think it was, but it disappeared for a while. They yeah. clearly removed things from the game. It clearly wasn't meeting some sort of internal expectation of what it was going to be. That's because, why I think they dialed back the graphics and everything else, right? The people are like, well, look how good it looked at E3 and doesn't look that good now. Yeah, so I, I, I think I, the division strikes me as one of two things. Mm-hmm. It's either a game Ubisoft has to just get the fuck out of the door. And I, I, I hope it's not that game where they're like, just get it, just fucking launch the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's a seven or a six and it's not very good and it just disappears. Or it's like really, really good. And they've been sitting on it because they want to make sure it's as good as it can be, which was my assumption and what I hope it's going to be because the game looks extraordinarily good. Yeah. And they're releasing more and more plot details. I didn't, I actually was going to write about it, but I was like, ah, it's, it's kind of still like not really that important. But talking about the different tracks in the game and the different storylines and how they all kind of come together and give you information as you go through missions and stuff like that. It sounds like a really compelling game. So. But I have no expectations for their marketing, and I'm not sure that you know it's going to be an easy game for them, easy game for them to market either, because and it's I, and it's, it's, it's dire and it's realistic. And in particular, this is a game you can't, I think, market the way you'd market Fallout. Fallout was Fallout Four. GTA Five is GTA Five. This is the division. It's brand new. I haven't even heard about these story tracks you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like this is a game you need to do the traditional way of marketing where it is a trailer 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 and then all of a sudden they hit like it was like what monday last monday all of a sudden every you know ign game spot all these people had previews up like long previews and video previews and this was like oh they went to an event or they you know did something online where they all played each other where it's like this is how this game works and now they get to go out and preach it to the masses i think for a brand new ip something that you've never seen before and that you don't really know what's happening behind the scenes on you have to do it that way you can't treat it like fallout yeah i agree yeah you don't yeah not Remember that they only got away with what, how, how they treated Fallout, and I assume how, the way EA might treat Mass Effect because mm-hmm. it is not new. You can't. You, if, let's be clear that you can't have the ideal um, announcement, marketing, release schedule for for an unknown. Exactly. And I thought that that was kind of obvious, but maybe we should we should state that as well. Like you can do that when there are expectations. Like I am sure Rockstar with Grand Theft Auto 6, whenever that happens, or if they're going to do DLC or whatever, are going to have a very a much quicker turnaround than the two-year turnaround they had, basically, with Grand Theft Auto 5, which I thought was, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I remember... I I was part of some of those previews, and I was like, Jesus. You know, like... Yeah, you were sick of talking about it before it even came out. I yeah, I was, like, so sick. I'm like, I'm so sick. And I, I also wasn't that impressed with Grand Theft Auto 5 playing it beforehand. I, I, I remember playing it with you in a hotel with our friend Simon, and and uh, who works at Rockstar, and a great guy over there. And, and uh, I remember walking away, and I was like, I don't... I'm like, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. But I'm like, I don't think it's this like mind altering product that everyone's calling it. You know? Yeah. And that was always my opinion on it, but certainly it was a step above where they've been in the past in terms of their gameplay, especially in terms of the, the heists and stuff like that. But I remember specifically people being like, look how beautiful it is. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I remember that you were saying something you were like, I wrote, I got ago. fucking destroyed on the yeah, internet yeah. for like, I'd be like, I'm sorry. Like you're getting bull shots. I saw the game. Yeah. yeah. 
and it's fine. Like I, I don't, you know, like I'm like it's not. We had just seen The Last of Us and and all these other. I'm like it's it's pretty. I guess yeah. it's not like <laughs> people were talking about like it being. And this was in 2012, maybe. Yeah, you know. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Colin, mm-hmm. let us talk about indie games. Okay. Word, word. Says hello. Hello. Recently on another one of your shows, I apologize for getting which one at the moment. I can barely give them straight. On youtube.com slash kind of funny games, Colin recounted his list of games for 2020, 2015. This, of course, was the games cast. In this list contained a small title called Three Fourths Home, a great title on PSN that cost less than $10. With all the AAA titles for 2016 slated for release on PlayStation 4, how do you all see the landscape for smaller PSN titles shaping up for 2016? Are there any smaller titles or quote-unquote indie games you're looking forward to this year other than Firewatch? P.S. Colin, your position, do you want the Jets to go after in the first round this year? Oh, yeah, I guess I love you, Owen. I think he's asking what position. I know. I'm reading it as it's written. We need a, like we need to start rebuilding the offensive line, so depending on where we're, you know, Settle. I mean, we have our pick, but if we trade it or whatever, I would trade down, get more volume, like a, a more volume of picks, and then start stacking up boring positions. Mm. Um, boring drafts are the worst. Yeah, but I know you, you have got, to do you it. Have to you do have, it. have to do it. We I'm have aware. such. We have. We're fine at corner with uh, Revis and Screen. Mm. We probably get rid of Cromarty. We have like arguably the best defensive line in all football, and they'll stay together. We'll be able to sign them all, I think, except for maybe one of them. Like maybe uh, we have to get rid of Wilkerson or something who we can trade for picks. Um, what indie games are you looking forward to this year? Safeties. We're good. What indie Callum games Pryor, are you looking forward to this year? Gilchrist. We got great wide receivers. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ. I hate you. <laughs> um, what, so, what indie, so what indie... Yes, I'm answering his question. I am fucking around. Everybody's um, fine. What indie games am I looking forward to this year? I don't know. I mean, I think Cosmic Star Heroine is probably like one of my, mm-hmm. my most anticipated ones, which is a fantasy star style role-playing game. I think that... Uh, first of all, I've gotten a lot, quite a few tweets from people that trying three-fourths home um, and enjoying it. I think it's such a fantastic game. Yeah, I, think, I think, I don't know if the sale's still going on. I think it was like two or three bucks over this oh, past Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, that PSN flash sale was awesome, and it was all about indies. Um, so here, I, so I went out with some people for lunch uh, recently in the in the games industry, some people on the publishing side. Ken Levine, Cliff Blazinski, and Shuhei Yoshida. Exactly. That was exactly those three people. I don't know how you knew that. Sorry, I didn't mean to blow, up, blow you up here. What I was talking about with indie games specifically is that I want... I want there to be a marriage of a robust ecosystem of, of independent games um, without publishers that cost between, you know, technically, I guess, free to $40, like The Witness. Um, but I also want Sony to be mindful of the schlock that they're putting up and, like, the volume of games that they're putting up. And I want them to scale back significantly. They have a lot of guys. Sony benefits from a lot of guys, especially working on PSN and, and then third party and all that kind of stuff, guys that understand games. Shane, for instance, like th- yeah. these guys, like like really know games that are in the trenches still. So I'm not t- obviously like you know, uh, Drake knows games and Adam knows games and all these guys, but they're not like in the but trenches. You're talking about like Nick and Shane and right, Dan, right, and, like, exactly. that that team. They know games, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it would be nice for them to be like, we don't need to release literally 75 percent of the games that we release on PSN. Yeah, you know? like why are we doing it? Like why are we like and. So I, I think independent games sometimes have this stigma because some of the sometimes independent games, independent games like retail games just suck, you know, yeah. and I and I know that you have to be somewhat objective 
when you have a marketplace like that to be like, well, this game isn't for me, blah, blah, blah. But when you see a game like Amy, for instance, which is like one of my favorite examples, a game that was on PS2, that game is fucking garbage. Just absolute fucking trash and should have never been released. And if I saw that game come across my desk and I was at Sony and I had some sort of and I was sort of sort of in charge of quality assurance, not QAing a game, but sort of like, what are these games? And I'd be like, no. Just because you submit your game and it runs, I guess, technically or whatever, we don't we don't put that game out there. And so I think independent games would benefit more if they were a given gatekeeper. more. If they, yeah, exactly. If they were given more weight to say like, oh, well, we, you know, we read the, the drop sometimes and sometimes there's two games and sometimes there's 20. Do you really need to release 20 games in one week? You should be releasing 20 games in a month. Maybe. That way you give more weight to the games that deserve more attention. And I understand that this is a subjective yeah. task, but I do think that there is an objective view on just what a game is and how it will do and who it will resonate with. And I think that if you just call the herd a little bit, you give the independent games more strength against the retail games that they have to compete against, not only on a, on a price point, because clearly they're much cheaper, but also in terms of value and in terms of building some sort of resonance uh, in this an ecosystem where you can rely on these games being better um, and I understand that this is kind of a loose kind of talk that I'm, I'm kind of formulating now, but this is something I was talking about with people that were in the industry about, is there just too much crap out there? Well, are it, we turning slowly but into surely the into the store. app store? That's what I'm, that's because that's the difference right now, right? Is like, it, they're both a similar idea of free market, right? You submit it, you put it up there and let the person who's buying games worry about it or decide what's worth their money, right? But a console game, in theory, takes so much more work than an app does. You know what I mean? There's not, there is a bigger barrier to entry in terms of development costs and stuff. Yeah, and you in, have in to terms of getting there, and and therefore also in terms of price point. Yeah, I just want Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo to be careful with what I think is happening to Steam and what I clearly has already happened to the app stores like Google and 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 Apple. Like, it's just garbage. There's just fucking trash all over the place. Yeah. And no one's willing to be like, this game sucks. You know, so we won't put it on. Our yeah. Thing. Like yeah. have a panel of 10 people play a game and just have three of them have to sign off on it. Sure. You know, to, to, for it to make it on the store. But if no one likes it or one person out of your panel of 10 or whatever likes it, I understand this isn't practical, yeah. but maybe it's worth it to try to say like, or to even go back through your store and start like figuring out like, do we really need to keep selling some of these games anymore yeah you know um that's just what i was thinking about when you brought it up and, and, and i was talking about this guys and, and something we were having an interesting conversation about it. And i'm like there's just too much shit developing um it wasn't a big deal back in the day when you had a retail game and there might be 10 games a month on your platform that, that's it you yeah. know especially in a slower month um but now you have like all these digital games and people don't know where to go and they're confused by the ratings and who's rating these games and this guy says this and this guy says this and meanwhile you go on Metacritic and there's no reviews and you have to just know someone you trust to, to bubble these games up. I don't want it to turn into like a, a place where 5% of the games profit and do well and 95% of the games suffer, not because they're bad necessarily, but because they're just being buried. And I'm sure that on iOS that's a tragic tale that's played out every oh, single yeah. day. Yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. there's like 10 games anyone gives a fuck about and 40,000 no one cares about and 30,000 of those games suck, but you'll never know which one's good and which one's bad because you'll never find them. Yeah. So this is the situation indie games are in right now. That's why I really respected when people were kind of, you know, some people really reacted negatively to it, but when Jonathan Blow was like, you know, the, the witness is 40 bucks, I'm like, good for you. Yeah, no, no, that's what you need to see people do, right? Value your game afraid if it that. matters. Yeah, exactly. Go in the exact opposite direction. Yeah, it's what you, I think you're the one who always wants it, right? Like, you'd love to see a game come out and be $100. Yeah. I'm a premium I'd love product. To, yeah, I'd love for someone to be ballsy enough. I was saying The Witcher 4 or something. Like, The Witcher 3 to me was a game big enough and dense enough, at least in content and in quality, where I was, even though I didn't like it as much as some other people, where I was like, they could have charged $100 for this. 
Mm-hmm. And they probably would have gotten away with it. Some people would have, some people would have bitched and moaned about it. But but how much do you lose versus how much yeah. you already would have had, and then you the you know financial start. Explore, to explore. It's what I used to say about scoring um, with video games. Let's explore the scale. What does a mediocre game really mean? Let's explore what a mediocre game really is. Well, what, let's explore what a twenty dollar game really could be, and a thirty dollar game, and Witness is a forty dollar game, which is not common because forty dollar price point used to be budget bargain, retail games. bargain bin. Yeah. Now he's saying the Witness. Or he's trying to say the witness is a retail or a digital only non-retail quality triple A game at forty dollars, and and we have to buck the trend of being like, oh, I, I especially during the PS2 and PS3 era, like early PS3 era, it's like, oh, this is where the garbage lived, mm-hmm. you know, um, that wasn't quite downloadable, that wasn't quite triple A, and he's saying no, and so I'd love someone to get survival instincts, yeah, exactly. So I'm looking for uh, which I for some reason beat. So because you're just a fan of Norman Reedus, I am a huge. I was just so interested. That was a game where I'm like. I gotta I'm gonna see, see this exactly through. what this is. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I remember that. I just remember that movie, the uh, movie theater, like the outdoor um, movie complex where I was like, this is the fucking lamest, emptiest <laughs> fucking I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, I'd love for someone to be ballsy enough to say like, this is a hundred dollars. This game is one hundred forty nine ninety nine. You know? Yeah. And what does that mean? Maybe an MMO that's so good. What if Activision? And I know people are out there are cringing probably because they don't want to spend any more money. I don't blame them. But what if Activision Blizzard was like. World of Warcraft 2 or whatever the next like big Warcraft is going to be is $150, but you'll never pay ever again for it. Yeah. And it's a risk. Sure. Because maybe it sucks. I don't know. It's just, I just feel like we're, games are so cheap now, and they are, that, and even $60 games are so fucking cheap. I love when people circulate these circulars from Toys R Us from 1992. You can see them on NeoGAF every once in a while. And people that just are too young or just don't remember or just don't believe it. <laughs> you know like how expensive games were 79.99 yeah easily yeah budget nes games in like the late 80s early 90s when they were like getting taken off the shelf were still 50 bucks each which is more like a hundred dollars today and that was for games no one wanted yeah <laughs> so i don't know i don't know how we got off on this but whatever any game i'm looking forward to is y2k a postmodern rpg have you seen this mm-hmm. it's one of those i've seen it at every PAX. It's from Axe Studios. You go through there. And I'll read you. Let me give you the the one shot here. Y2K is a colorful 3D JRPG set in the 1990s about eight strangers, a mysterious woman who vanishes in an elevator, and a weaponized panda and, and weaponized panda plushies. Recent college student. Recent college. When recent college graduate Alex Eggleston, Eggleston returns home from college, he finds... Adult life to be filled with mystery, strange friends from the internet, and other worlds that exist just out of sight. In Y2K, journeying across an expansive, flat-shaded world wonderland rife with intricate puzzles, fast-paced, turn-based, eight-party member battles, cat-tossing, panda-dropping, ladder-throwing action. Supposed to be out by now, actually. Supposed to be out in 2015. But I like the art style a lot. See? Yeah, it's interesting. I like Very interesting. I'm interested to see how it all comes together when it comes around. I don't know. Indie game, I mean, there's a lot of indie games that I'm excited about. I'm excited about Severed. I'm excited, you know, but there, mm-hmm. but I often find that these indie games pop up out of nowhere. And then I, that's really the random. big thing is like, yeah, when he's like, what are you looking forward to this year? It's really hard to say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you hear about the witness people I know in the comments on that one question were sh- shouting out about, yeah, Firewatch, which you said not leave that off this No Man's Sky, stuff like that. But it's like, no and I know, skies, yeah. I know I'm saying what they were saying yeah. in the thread, but I'm saying like the real indie games are the ones that you, we won't, we'll see at PAX and they'll be out in three months or whatever. Below from Cappy. I've been mm-hmm. waiting forever for Below. I don't know what the hell that game is. Nathan Vela. Finish your fucking games. You know what I mean? Man, I'm gotta gotta stretch a little bit here. I'm feeling a little tight. You know what I mean? In the back. 
How about the new underwear? I'll help. No? Taylor Hoyt has the final question of the show. Okay. He wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to be part of the show and says, Gentlemen, I come to you with a question in regards to Media Molecule. They are obviously super creative and make great games. However, Tearaway on both Vita and PS4 sold poorly. Their upcoming game, Dreams, looks intriguing, but also super weird. If Dreams bombs, could this potentially mean the end of Media Molecule, or are they just too creative for Sony to close down? Thanks, Taylor Hoyt. I, yeah, I, th- I think, I, th- I mean, I, I don't know that anything's sacred in that family, like when it comes down sure. to money. And I'm not saying that in a disrespect, but no, it's no. money. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure, I don't want to say sure. What the fuck do I know? They, they keep their financials closed in this regard, but Tearaway couldn't have been profitable, right? I don't think so. I mean, I know that a fraction of their team was working on it while they've been working on Dreams. I mean, like that studio hasn't released a game that seems to have mattered to a lot of people in five years. So yeah, um, more than that. So my thought is this stuff. I think that if Dreams comes out and financially bombs, d- critically does well, bombs financially, I think they're fine. I I I think it's if they were to do it again, there'd be a problem. My thing with Tearaway is I feel like Tearaway is for them and Sony one of those like Sony's like all right, you know, like we wanted you to make this, and I know that like every time we talk to anybody at Sony, they're always like nobody comes in and is like you have to make games for this Vita or you use all this different stuff, right? <clears throat> but I'm sure it was encouraged when we're making this Vita game. If you can make all this stuff, cool stuff work, and they're like yeah, totally, and we did this, that, and the other. And they're like these are all awesome ideas. Then the game comes out. The Vita isn't doing well. Like, you can't blame Media Molecule for that. And then, like, well, we'll bring it to PS4 because it'll be an easy portish thing. And you'll do it. And even though it's not a port, I'm not going to ar- get into this fucking argument. We're going to bring it to PlayStation 4. And Sony's like, I'm sure they're telling him that. Let's try to get some more money out of this thing you made. You have all the assets. It can't be that hard. Da 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 da. And they do it. And that doesn't do amazing or gangbusters. And I'm sure both those, I feel like, are Sony make- making the bet on that one. You know what I mean? They were, they were the people who ordered this. Media Molecule delivered a, f- a solid product that a lot of people really, really dug, right? And they were like, oh, I didn't sell. Like, that's not on you. You know what I mean? Dreams, I do feel, is like, we have this thing. It's this. It's crazy. It's weird. It's hard to describe. And, you know, the more I see it, the more I'm like, all right, okay, this is starting to feel more like, you know, a little big planet. So, all right, cool, cool, cool. But like, yeah, that is the one where if that one goes down, then and they, they're pitched something crazy again. You have to imagine shoes on the other side of the table. And he's like, cool, but it needs, to, we need to make money off of one of your games. Like this one needs to do perform, you know what I mean? Which then you wonder if it would get in their head, if they're not going to be as creative, are they going to worry and nickel and dime themselves and every little thing? Yeah, I think this is, you're right that there, some of the responsibility for Tearaway and maybe even for Dreams has to go up all the way to the top, right? So, yeah. like, they're not just making Dreams and they're like, we're going to make our game. Like, Shuei Yoshida and those guys are going to come down and be like, yeah, this is the game you're going to make. This is the yeah. game you're not. As, as we've talked many times, you know, with with uh, Shu and with uh, Scott Rohde and those guys, you know, they come up with different, you know, the studios come up with their different ideas and they pick one and they explore it. Or we've talked about Christian Phillips where they come up with a ton of ideas and they whittle it down and... um prototype some things and, and feel some things out. So it is about execution. I agree with you that Dreams is a game that was cle- has clearly been in development and just maturing and marinating for a really long time. I mean, we saw it at the PS3 reveal. Mm-hmm. You know, we did. PS4. Or PS4 reveal, rather. And so the game was probably even being fucked around with for even way longer than that. 
and the game is not really going to come out this year. I don't think so. It's it's a long time for a studio to like be fucking around. And I'm not saying they're fucking around in a bad way, like they're dicking off. I'm yeah, saying yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're fucking around with these abstract ideas. The question is, and the question I often ask about Media Molecule as it's built and the games that they're making is like, is there a market for it? There was a market for Little Big Planet because it was great. It was unique and it and it, it was it was all about sharing and all this kind of stuff, but it was also a game that you could really play and understand and anyone could pick it up and play it. My nephews love the game. Yeah. Casual gamers love the game. I don't know that Tearaway was that game, and I don't think Dreams is gonna be that game. And I know that they want to bring us to the UK and, and have all this stuff. Alex big. is set to change your mind or at least prove uh, it to you and and it's not like the the, the the weird conundrum with the way i feel about media molecule is that like in in my heart and in my mind i'm like these guys and gals a studio run by a woman has uh they have great chops and they know exactly oh, yeah. what the fuck they're doing in terms of making a game do they need some people there to say like we still have to make a game you know like and that was my that's my major concern with dreams and i know that people some people agree some people disagree and it's fine I just don't want to make my game. I want to just play it. And I've, I've had enough of of that create, share. I just want to play. Alex uh, says you can. Part. He was very clear when he grabbed me at PSX and made me watch the demo and play the demo or see the demo and like moving the guy around. And this is how a level works. There is a game here. It isn't we drop you in and make <laughs> here's a blank canvas and go. You know what I mean? It's spoon feeding you little bits of basics of like how you'd think on your own to make it and then slowly ramping up just like little big planet did right little big planet was always big on all this shit right here you created and you can you have or you it's been made for you but it exists over here and you could make your own things if you wanted to history could be the guide here though i think that because I, I think you're right i think that it's going to be m not more about execution than sales because sales are relevant obviously but it's yeah. going to be about execution because at least two of the studios sony's closed uh were cl closed after they delivered subpar games that didn't sell well they didn't so zipper and big big delivered SOCOM 4 and Little Deviants respectively both games scored mediocre and were mediocre and sold mediocre and so they were they disappeared it wasn't like SOCOM 4 was the fucking tour to four SOCOM game and then they were like yeah you get the fuck out of here right um and obviously you know Big Big was kind of hung out the dry I think in a way but they were closed down they didn't deliver a game that was like that great so um so there's something to be said about like quality because at the end of the day, like it's it's the studio's job to deliver on the product that everyone agreed they were going to make. Yep. And that they travel around and see these games often and are playing builds constantly and seeing all those things. That's why Shuei Yoshida is always on an airplane. He's always going to these studios. He's playing these games. He's going hands on with them. He's, he's yeah. not just hearing about it. He's seeing what they're doing um, and seeing is often believing. So, um, you know, and, and, and I'll remind you that, you know, uh, <laughs> that Kojima and Mark Cernier they're Probably world in search tour. Of, of new technology. Yeah, they're world tour. So I love a lot that's of, still my favorite thing. Finding a lot of new technology at Sony Bend. Yeah, traveling around. Did they find the game? Did they, Eric? Our next segment is called P.S. I love this best friend XOXO. If you didn't know, every week, one of you goes over to kindoffunny.com slash forums, goes to the P.S. I love you XOXO board, and posts in the P.S. I love this best friend topic you put your little story there along with your psn name we share your psn name you the other viewers and listeners befriend this friend send them friend requests send them messages of support on the psn and everybody has a great life this one comes from patrick hutchinson patrick says greeting greeting guys one greeting you can have it thank you i spent the bulk 
of the last generation firmly planted on the Xbox 360 and XBL, but made the change when I decided the PS4 had more of what I was looking for. Parentheses, discovered I might add thanks to the coolest dudes in video games. Unfortunately, as a result, most of this... That's what he wrote. I, re- I regularly played games with... He said most people he played games with Did last you generation. This email? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> most of the gen- I mean, you can go on there too if you want to start searching through there. No one's capitalizing anything. I'm not. I'm not blaming you for the quality of it. I'm asking you if you search the email. You don't have to be mad at me. You can write the Roper report, and I'll do that. Is that? Well, I would just copy the stories because it'd be way faster and easier. But it's not. But it's not within the voice of the show. Yeah, it is because you would just make it up as you go. You just read them. You just read me a bunch of top ten lists. That's all you had to do. But I ordered them. The PlayStation blog did that too. (laughs) Unfortunately, as a result, most of the people I regularly played games with in the last generation are still either on the Xbox 360 or moved to Xbox One. So now I'm looking for people to play with in the least entertaining part of games, the dreaded multiplayer. I haven't been a fan as long as some, just a few months before the move to Kind of Funny, but still quietly loyal. So I'd love the chance to meet up with other great members of the community on the PlayStation Network. My PSN name is, not surprisingly, because this was his name on the forums, New Wisha. N-U-W-I-S-H-A. New Wisha. Thanks, Patrick, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, Albuquerque. What do you know about Albuquerque? Very little. You ever been there? No. You ever been to Arizona? Not for like a layover. No, I don't know if I've ever spent time in Arizona. Okay, okay, okay. I have to think about it. I know, right? That's one that seems like it would sneak up on you. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, get I back really... to me. We got another. We got another show next week. Time for this week's forgotten PlayStation game. This is where Colin and I identify a game that has slipped under the radar. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's just not been played that much. The one I'm tossing out there is Squares on the PlayStation Vita. You aware of this game? The was that the one that had the weird commercial? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. But this one, I mean, this this is like like this is one of those indie games that came out and like one guy or a team, a small teammate. There was no commercial for it for sure. I'm not what saying are you a TV about? commercial. There was a there was a like a YouTube like fake commercial for it. I don't think it was that Squares game though. If if so, you'll know it pretty quick. Squares is a is a a basic uh, touch game for your Vita or whatever, but it was made for the Vita, right? And it's like different puzzles of like there's a timer kicking down. You got to swipe all these things and do all these and like so it's kind of like WarioWare, but just using squares of like light them up in this specific order, undo them this way, do 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 do. Right. It's fun. I played it on a plane ride. I had a great time with it. Cool. I I think other people would enjoy it with your PlayStation Vitas. It's time for the worst place. PSN's worst name of the week. This is when one of you writes in with your own names. So many of you have been good now bringing bad names that are your names and your stories to kindoffunny.com slash forums. Did you think of what it was? You no. snapped. Okay. No, I was just seeing if this sound was working on my microphone. That'd be awesome if we did this whole show and your mic Every once in a while I look, at, I look down. Thank you. Your shoulder blocks that. Thank you. I basically just look at the timestamp. You let me know because I'd like to see it for that kind of thing. And I see you looking at it all the time, but I know you're just looking at yourself and going, I'm sexy. Just like looking at the timestamp, really. You're looking how sexy we all are. How sexy do I look right now, Colin? Would you fuck me? No, definitely not. All right. Hey, Colin and Greg. I would like to submit my own worst name. I purchased my PS3 when I was in high school. The first game I purchased was COD Modern Warfare, and I decided to create a name that others would never forget. Jizz Fizz was born. That username lasted me until the end of my college years. I had several platinum trophies as well as golds, bronzes, etc. There was just silver left. I don't know why he dropped it. Yeah, very impressed by your bronze trophies. <laughs> the sad part 
is that I remember vividly playing PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale and I whooped everyone. I logged off, went to class, and came back to play online to find my username no longer able to log online. As a result, all my trophies earned were lost and I had to create the username I now have. XIII underscore war machine. Why? <laughs> I wish you didn't I, have to do I that. wish I had created a better name when I was in high school. Thank you for all the content you create. Will P.S. I love you. X-O-X-O. Jizzfizz. Eric Cash will be texting me. Jizz, right Jizzfizz sounds like a cocktail Eric would make. That's what should be your na- your cocktail at Polite Provisions. I'll take it. I'll take Jizzfizz. Jizz yeah. I'm sure it'll sell. Everybody coming Top it off jizz. with a little Jizzfizz. G- gin, slow gin fizzes are delicious. Mm-hmm. I forget. When we went out that one night with Shuhei and all the all the heads, one of them t- 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 turned me on to these slow gin fizzes. Amazing. I barely remember that night. It was a great night. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been P.S. I Love You XOXO episode 20. Remember, P.S. I Love You XOXO is KindOfFunny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, and it posts each and every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So please get it then over on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. Like it. Share it. Then, if you're not one of those guys who likes video, head over and get it off your NPC service, service of choice. Rate it, review it, all that jazz there, and share it. Again, please help it grow. In, in like the little flower it is become the mighty tree that flowers become also if, remember if you're listening to this and it's January 26th reddit AMA giveaway stream and then the mega stream January 31st each and every episode of PS I love you XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call singing a shoe hey here one of you incredibly talented people goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM and leaves a song you've made you give me a SoundCloud link, you give me a YouTube video. If you give me the MP3, I put it at the end of our MP3 here, and everybody listens and loves the song, and maybe they go buy it if they can go buy it places. You give me the video, I annotate it at the end of our YouTube video so we don't get a copyright strike. Today's comes from S. Bindy Soul. First time poster, but I've been a listener for a few months now. My band, Beta Play, recently released our first single, video, and EP. Here is a link to the song and all that jazz. It's called Electric 22. There's a download link as well that I'll be putting here. And he goes, the full EP is available on iTunes, Apple Music, and Spotify. So again, beta space play. Beta play. Mm. Electric 22 is the song. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Where do you want to meet?
time Or running a red light How will they think of you And everything you do As a saint or a sinner Or something in the middle Cause one day you'll have to choose But how I wanna be allowed to keep my youth Electric 22 The grass is greener there And everything is new And I won't let the hands of time Hold me like they do I'll never know the change I'm going through And this is how I want to be remembered Stay this young and beautiful And everything is new I won't let the 